0: This is the Venny White Show on In Depth Radio News Talk
1: 1010 Do you know, it's probably my favourite time of the week come in here, strut myself around like some raving British peacock chest puffed out like a egocentric carrier pigeon and then I wander over to the mic and for the next hour complete dribble comes out and you're the lucky person that's going to be on the receiving end now it's quite a good show I mean I don't want to upset it too much always there on their side of caution but we have got some good stuff coming up we talk about ethical fur how can this be surely that's an oxymoron in itself apparently there is a way and it involves roadkill nice Uh, We'll talk about... um, Last week, I got a letter from someone saying, thanks for your dear Prudence. I sometimes watch that website and uh, see her advice, and it's always painfully boring. Can you make this a regular feature? Yes. Yes, I will. So we'll get someone to read out a problem, and uh, I'll give advice in a more direct and to-the-point way than Prudence does in her long ramblings. This is an online advice columnist. Uh, We talk about the hostile holiday display that went on in America and is still going on in America. There's a guy in the States who's decided to uh, upset all of his neighbours by having various decapitated objects around his front lawn. And it starts quite funny and then turns really dark because it's not like a couple of things. It's really, really dark. You wouldn't want to live next to this guy. Always a cheerful one. Uh, We also talk about nut rage, mannequin theft and Winnie the Pooh. All that coming your way. It's a hodgepodge, isn't it? It's a box of chocolates. Not like a box of chocolates after Christmas when you just got the crap layer left with all the coffee ones that no one likes and the one that's got the bite out of it where someone thought that it was soft and found out it was hard, but then put it back. It's not like that. It's like proper nice chocolates. So it's like a fine chocolate. It's not that good. Rough around the edges. Let's start with ethical fur. I was interested in this one. Uh, this week, uh, the news broke about uh, a new potential ethical fur, which, as I say, might seem like an oxymoron. Is it possible? But especially in, well, in light of those annoying petter campaigns that put you off your burgers and make you rethink your leather shoes, I'm always a bit sort of dubious about ethical stuff. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but hang on, let me rephrase that because that sounds ridiculous. I like ethical things. I buy fair trade coffee. I just find that sometimes there's a bit of a bandwagon, particularly when it comes to vegetarianism, veganism, and uh, everything that Peter Petter stands for, Peter stands for. And sometimes they can push their message a little too far. Mm? So sometimes I'm a little standoffish. So it's not to say that I don't like being ethical. <laughs> I don't want to pay half the price of my iPhone so that more workers attempt to commit suicide in China. I like ethical. Generally speaking, it's a good thing. I'm just a bit worried about when people say, you've got to be ethical, because sometimes that means we're just going to push our values on you and call it ethical. That's what I'm saying. Um, but there are alternatives to fur, and that's a good thing. I think we've seen designers use roadkill for fur now uh, rather than raise captive animals. And it might make actually a bit more sense than you initially think. There's around four hundred animals killed on North American roads every year. So US well, actually I'll say North America. US and Canada roads, four hundred million animals. Um and that's a, I mean it's a pretty rough guess. You could probably double that. There's no one going around going, Have we got that one? Did we do the raccoon? Let's start again. Do you know what I mean? Um now some of them might be big old moose and some of them might be titchy witchy little critters. Uh but nonetheless these are, after all, a lot of the same animals that are being killed for the fur industry. So the fur industry uh, actually kills 50 million animals a year. So if around 400 million animals are killed on American roads and 50 million animals are killed by the fur trade every year. So that's a lot of roadkill that essentially is going to waste. In fact, that spurred the recent rise of roadkill cuisine and businesses like the Massachusetts-based ethical fur company Petit Mort. Now, as for roadkill cuisine, I'm going to leave it to you. I'm not up for it. I know. I mean, the fact of the matter is that probably a lot of the stuff I have eaten off the supermarket shelves has been killed in a less moral and ethical way than being hit by a speeding dodge. But I just, you know, it's the idea. And I know it's such a ridiculous thing to think because... If I knew the backstory of every meat sandwich I'd had, I'd absolutely definitely be a vegan. But nonetheless, that's that. Whereas ethical fur, I can come and come around to it. Now I personally don't wear any fur of any kind. Um, I was just freeze my way through Canadian winters with my um, coat, which is really not ample. Even, even actually, as I speak to you now, I've got nipples that could cut glass. It's incredible. Uh, the founder of the company, Pamela Paquin, a former global sustainability consultant who grew up on a dairy farm, handcrafts luxurious items out of dead animals that she finds on the road. She calls it accidental fur, working with local highway agencies and animal control departments to source the dead animals, uh, which have ranged from fox, beaver, bears, raccoons, otters, deer, mink, and more. Actually, I had, it's weird, I had an elk sausage earlier, from Verst on King Street. And I have to say, it's not sitting that well now if I'm thinking about roadkill. Elk sausage. Do you know you can get kangaroo sausage in there as well? I didn't know that. She said, uh, this is one of those annoying mishearings. I said, oh, I'm just deciding. She said, with that accent, you probably want a kangaroo. I said, with that accent, you probably want to f off. It didn't. It didn't go down very well. Standing my ground on that one. Um, she said, uh, so what is going on about this woman here? So it's Pamela Paquin. Uh, works with local taxidermists to uh, process the skins, uh, which are shipped off to a tannery in uh, Idaho, one of the few places that can handle what's known as partial pelts. So bits of potential coats, I suppose. Now, I looked it up on their website. It says accidental furs are loving resurrections of our fuzzy, wild neighbours who have met an untimely or natural death, Um, which is fine. Each luxurious piece is handmade, individually numbered, custom tailored to each owner's specifications, befitting heirloom investment. Now, it doesn't say where, I don't know if it would be nice to know where they come from, wouldn't it? You know what I mean? <laughs> coat, raccoon, 401, probably a truck. You know, that would be nice. You could get people sending their pets and things they've hit in and then get a coat back. Gee, it's a great idea. They could uh, advertise on News Talk 1010. Have you accidentally hit a raccoon recently or unwittingly bashed a beaver with your bronco? Has your old deer hit a deer? Have your kids killed a critter? Then why not send it to Petit Mort? We will lovingly flush the fox blood f- from the fox and rid the raccoon of rotting innards and send it back as anything from a pair of pants to a toasty warm hat. We will make your roadkill feel less. P- Pointless and painful by making it into a coat. We take dead fox, beaver, bears, raccoons, otters, deer, mink and more. Why not have a fox fleece, a beaver bandana, a bearskin bra, a raccoon rag, an otter overcoat or a deer dicky bow or even, coming soon, a mink miniskirt. Scrape your cuddly buddies into one little bag from your bumper and upcycle them to be worn for years to come. Ethical fur. Why waste a roadkill? Need to work on the slogan. I've never been that good at copywriting. Again, it's all just a ploy to get more voiceover work, really. Um, Paquin's furry gloves, leg warmers and neck muffs and hats aren't cheap. I'll tell you that. They range from $380 to $1,000. But the demand for her one-of-a-kind pieces, has been so strong. Best of all, the percentage, a great percentage of the sales goes to a, a charity called Critical Pathways, which is a project that works to provide local wildlife safe underpasses tra- to traverse the highways. So it all comes around. I like that. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about this hostile holiday display. A guy in the States has done something rather dodgy and dubious on his lawn. And uh, we'll talk about Mannequin Theft, Winnie the Pooh, all that and more. Oh, by the way, I should have mentioned, you can get in touch with the show. I don't know if I really set the show up very well today. It runs from 9 till 10, sort of, thereabouts, you know. Um, it's full of quality radio. And you can phone the show on 416 872 1010. You can text the show on 710 10 I suppose I should probably ask you a question. Would you wear... Something that you'd hit with your car once it's been processed. I'm not saying you pick up a dead raccoon and pop it on your head. That would be barbaric and somewhat culty. Um, but uh, would you would you send it off or not knowing, that, I mean, you didn't have to hit it, would you just wear a uh, an ethical fur product? Because I probably wouldn't wear fur because I don't like the concept of people bashing things over the head, which is often the case. Um, but I actually would. I think I would wear ethical fur. Yeah. Particularly in this weather, right, when it gets colder than this, I'd happily wear it. And then think I'd, I'd, I mean, even if it wasn't processed, I'd just pop a raccoon down my pant. <laughs> you know, it keeps you warm, and makes you look big. It's nice.
0: You're tuned in to the Vinnie White Show on In Depth Radio News Talk 1010.
1: Dum-dum. Uh, text the show on seven ten ten. And I don't like it when there's Pizzaville adverts. I, I can always predict the text. The first one that comes in, is that you? How can you do a radio show and be doing the Pizzaville adverts? Comedy gold. It's funny because I'm foreign. Um, one of the other ads. I don't, am I allowed to talk about the ads? The other ad that I noticed in there was a campaign to say if you see someone driving and they're not texting at the lights, then you put your thumbs up at them. Right, a couple of things wrong with that. I'll leave the most important one to the end. I'll do this first one. First one, good chance you're gonna look like an idiot. Right. Now, personally, you've heard the show, so that's not something that concerns me. But the second thing is, at what point did you choose to congratulate the people that aren't breaking the law instead of punishing the people that are. That's such a topsy-turvy way of looking at things. If you see someone that's not texting, put your thumbs up. Have we got to the point where that many people are texting at the lights and it's actually hard to find someone that isn't? And what I would do at the risk of sounding like a bit more of a vigilante, I'd twist it to this. Next time you see someone texting at the lights and their car slowly rolling forward and might potentially squash you, kick the bloody front of their car in because actually that's the least of their problems if they were actually to hit someone. I didn't go with that campaign. Can't think why. I actually did the reason I bring this up and I know it sounds as if I'm making this up is true. I actually did do that this week. I was walking down, is it Richmond? I was on the way to the Christmas party, the bell Christmas party. And bell very tight. And I personally, I mean, I know it sounds a bit paranoid, but I don't think they wanted me to come because they knew it was free beer and they knew I'd drink a lot. So they set a man out to kill me on the way. That's the way I'm looking at it. Is it paranoid? Just a little. But there was a guy leaving the parking lot and he was on his phone texting and his car was rolling forward very slowly, admittedly, but he didn't know. And I was in front of it. So I did kick his car. And he did that thing where, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I wouldn't recommend it in all seriousness because people are idiots and he might have stabbed me. But um, he did that thing where he he wound down the window and uh, it must be an old car because he did actually wind it, you know? At first I thought he was doing something terribly different. Um, But he wound down the window and said, uh, what was that for? I said, because you're rolling forward texting. That's why you're texting and driving. That's why I kicked your car. And he said, Oh, all right. You're a good point. <laughs> <laughs> so, a big Canadian standoff. Yeah, reasonably put. Yeah. Oh, I accept your uh, your objection. Thanks very much. If you're listening to this and you're driving and texting, um, here's a better idea. Just stop being a prick. There you go. That's, that would be a better campaign, wouldn't it? Do you, <laughs> you don't even have to get violent. Are you walking now and seeing someone at the traffic lights? Are they texting? Call them a prick make you feel better and make them realise that they're a prick. Again, they're probably not going to pick it up but better than the campaign that Ontario have launched. Um, So let's look at this. Should we do the mannequin theft first? Yeah, let's do this. I was kind of on the... I read the headline which was mannequin theft and I thought, oh, mannequin theft? Who steals a mannequin? Poor people that owned a mannequin. Anyone that gets anything stolen, oh, they must be the victims, right? If, If you have something that's stolen from you... Then, generally speaking, you're the victim, even if it's a mannequin. So I I read the headline, mannequin theft, and I thought, oh, poor things. I hate it when people steal things off me. Well, if you're thinking that right now, then just bear with it and listen to this
2: convicted serial killer dorothea puente ran a boarding house in the f street home in the 80s there she drugged her elderly tenants and stole their social security checks today the home's new owners say they love its creepy history but not everyone feels the same way a mannequin of puente was stolen from the homeowner's front yard and it was all caught on camera nicole comstock is live in sacramento with this story nicole That's right, Tia. It's an ironic twist to a story that already has some very disturbing details. The mannequin of that murderous landlady, Dorothea Puente, was found doors down from the home, and it had been dismembered. So the homeowners say the mannequin met the same fate as some of Puente's victims. Dinged up, disheveled, and dismembered. A sad pile of mannequin parts laid a rest at this Victorian duplex on F Street in Sacramento, where ironies run deeper. THEN THE GRAVES IN THE YARD.
3: This is Dorothea after the attack and I don't even want to think what happened to her.
2: Tom Williams' mannequin was meant to preserve history but ended up repeating it. He named it after the former lady of the house convicted American serial killer Dorothea Puente. She was charged with murdering nine people in the 80s, dismembering some, and burying seven of them on the property, meaning the mannequin met the same fate as some of Puente's victims.
3: One was buried over here, on, right, right where the fountain is, pretty much. Uh, two right at the fence line.
2: The mannequin monument of Dorothea used to look like this. It donned a shovel and a replica of Puente's signature red coat, the same coat she famously walked away from the crime scene wearing. The same coat detectives later arrested her in.
4: I mean, why did you, why did you uh, leave? Why did you run?
2: Uh... Last weekend, the mannequin was stolen right off the front porch. The bizarre crime. Caught on camera,
3: just his arm struggling with the mannequin. I think he was trying to get the coat off.
2: Because Williams bolted the coat to the mannequin, the thief dragged the entire dummy downstairs.
3: Then we see him carrying Dorothea down the stairs again. I don't even then.
2: That smirk says it all. Williams has a macabre sense of humour.
1: No, It wasn't a smirk, by the way. Was, just play that last bit again. It wasn't a smirk. He was actually upset that someone had stolen a mannequin of his, off his front porch of a serial killer. And I've seen the video to this. He's not smirking. He's really upset. You can hear it. Do it again.
2: That smirk says it all. Williams has a macabre sense of humor about the crimes. Others think it's creepy to live in a house where people were killed.
3: That doesn't creep me out, though. I find it interesting. Our bedroom now is where she did lay them out on the on the floor. There was uh, two thicknesses of rugs there.
2: What we did was we sanded and, and refinished the floors. The couple filed a police report about the mannequin, but they're confused as to how such a brazen crime occurred right under their noses. But then again that's happened before.
3: You wonder about how all these people in these houses couldn't have seen anything, but who's up at 3am? And we didn't hear the mannequin getting stolen.
2: The homeowners say that decorating the house with the mannequin and the signs is not an attempt to disrespect what happened there. They're just trying to demystify the house so that people see it's not haunted. It's just that some bad things happened there. Some bad
1: things? She was an axe murderer. Fox News reporting on that story, by the way, completely getting the wrong tale of the whole thing. Not like Fox some bad things happened. She was a murderer. She laid the corpses down and buried them underground in the garden. This bloke has bought the house because of its history. Normally, I'm sure you're aware that they demolish most houses from serial killers because there's always a couple of freaks that want to move in. This was the freak. He thought, I know what I'll do. I'll pop a mannequin of a serial killer outside my house at Christmas. Festive. She's wearing a red coat, so that's festive the red coat that she wore when she was cutting people up. I'll pop that on my porch, and uh, in case someone steals it, because, I don't know, I wonder if it might be somewhat distasteful and someone might remove it, I'll bolt it to my house. So someone, unsurprisingly, stole it. And then he had the audacity to go and fill out a police report. Imagine that. Hello, I'd like to report a crime. Oh, right, what happened? Someone stole something from my front yard. What was it, a gnome? Or like some? was it a valuable plant? Did you have some tools out there? Did you, was it kids' toys? What was it? Oh, it was um, it actually was a mannequin, um, life size, of um, convicted uh, killer Doria Prante, and had some sort of signs around it saying, you know, serial killer, because I because I bought a serial killer's house, you see, so I thought what I'd do. I mean, obviously you would as well. I'd I'd make a mannequin of her outside it because uh, she didn't destroy the lives of enough people and put pain and sorrow in the hearts of enough people for me to not think about that when rectifying her in full life-size with her original coat on and bolting it to my house. If I was a policeman, I'd be like, get out, off you go. Which is why I'm not, because apparently they can't say that sort of thing. Um, But the mannequin monument will be, be restored. So this guy is going to make another mannequin of killer Dorothea Puente, Uh, now that the first one has met his fate. And if you think that's bad, and it is bad, and if you think that's distasteful, and it really is, and if you don't think that, then you may have somewhat lost your moral compass. What I was really amazed is the article (laughs) following that, which refers to someone and their collection of, Dubious and even more peculiar Christmas arrangements on their front lawn. And when I come back, I'll tell you that story right here on News Talk 1010.
0: You're tuned in to the Vinnie White Show on In Depth Radio, News
1: Talk 1010. Ba, 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 bum, ba, ba, bum. Text the show on 71010 10, unless you're an ass. Uh, I've got one or two texts from people that aren't very nice. I'll just make a point. I think it should go without saying, but apparently you need to make it quite clear to some people. If you don't like this show, don't listen to it. It's that simple. If you don't like the content, don't listen to it. If you don't, if you don't think it's worthwhile, don't listen to it. If you don't find it funny, don't listen to it. And next time you put on the TV and uh, you don't like the TV programme, turn it over. Turn it off. All right? If you went up to a wall and smashed your head against it a few times and you thought, I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't, really, I don't really think it's benefiting anyone. Probably the best thing to do is stop smashing your head against the wall. And the same applies for this show. So for the thousands of fans that do like it, I'm very glad you're here. I wish you a warm and wonderful and Merry Christmas. And over the last couple of years I've been doing this show, it has been nothing but a joy. And I genuinely look forward to it every week. But for the one or two asses that occasionally text in, in the sad, meek, pathetic hope to get a mention on the radio, which, by the way, you will never get a direct mention, because you're worthless. You're subhuman scum. You're pond life, and I don't care about you. For the one or two people that do that occasionally, probably in a potential attempt to get a rise out of me, which I assume you could call this, then I'd just like to say, don't listen. If you don't like the show, don't listen. If you've got a particular topic that you'd like to bring up, you're more than welcome to phone in. I may take the call. I may not have time. Or what you could do is apply for a job on a talk radio station of your own, and then you could spout off your mindless balls whenever you need. So, if you're listening to this and you don't enjoy it, then you have to ask yourself, why? And if the answer is, I don't really know, then why not do yourself a favour and turn it off? Our ratings are exceptionally good, thank you. They've been growing at a beautiful rate, and I'm very happy with the show. And I would like to think of the few that I do lose along the way with this rant to be very much a filter of the insignificant pond life that I can live without. So if you choose to text this show and you choose to ask me a question such as, is there anything good coming up or I don't like what you're saying, then please do, by all means, look at the door and uh, open it and uh, walk out of it. And if you wouldn't mind slamming your head against it as you leave, that would be wonderful. And perhaps you could trap your genitalia in there as well, just for my own sad and sadistic benefit. Thank you. Composed, wasn't it? <clears throat> Enjoyed that. I do it once a year. It, it separates the wheat from the chaff. I love nearly all our listeners, but you know what? It's just a reflection on life. There's always a couple of idiots. Sadly, a few more than we'd like. Speaking of which, and speaking of that last story, check this out. Looking back at this week's news, one. Of Amazing article that very much stuck out at me is how one man is terrorizing neighbours with a hostile holiday decoration display.
4: You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus, you're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch.
1: You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. And you live in Pennsylvania, by all accounts. Homeowners of a small town in Pennsylvania say their neighbour, Bill Ansel, is terrorising them year-round with his hostile anti-Christmas spirit. He's an angry person that's very unstable, says neighbour Pamela Heck. Ansel is an electrician. He has a display on his yard that features a beheaded choir a hanging Mickey Mouse and even a urinating Santa Claus that lights up at night. (laughs) It's the extra touch that I like. I don't just want a urinating Santa next to the headless choir. I want him lit up at night so everyone can see.
4: Neighbours Chris and Joanne
1: Hebda say they have had to stare at the unpleasant decorations for the past six years. Fairley Road is uh, a unique cul-de-sac, a circular street with Ansel's house right in the middle, surrounded by six other homes, which makes it very hard to avoid his handiwork. There was a Virgin Mary here. He'd placed a knife through its head, said Joanne Hebda. Right there, on the edge of our driveway, Virgin Mary with a knife through her head. I thought it was a terroristic threat. <laughs> no, nah, not really. Such an American reaction. I thought it was terrorists. No, it's just a nutter. It's just a really, really sad nutter. Don't worry about it. Um, to make matters worse, his neighbors said Ansel also um, tacked up profound, profoundly profane signs um, all over his house, attacking the township and their neighbors personally. Ooh. The worst sign. Uh, the neighbour said, including disparaging remarks about neighbour Tom White's late wife posted the day after she died. Oh, man. Why would someone even do that? Said uh, Mr. White. Not me, by the way. Uh, One sign on Ansel's home may offer a clue as to why. It says, this display is dedicated to Ross Township. That's the small town in Pennsylvania they're from. Shame on you for destroying my display that brought so much joy and happiness to so many people. Yeah, apparently, years ago, Ansel's home was known for its lustrous lights and dazzling display that attracted many onlookers. But one Thanksgiving, Ansel's neighbour, Pamela Heck, uh, was so blinded by the lights that she asked him to turn them off while they had a family dinner. Fairly reasonable, really. Um, He was very unpleasant to us that night, and ever since then, it's been a nightmare, said Pamela Heck. From one minor dispute, grew a war, according to neighbours. At night, they say he blasts floodlights into their windows. It'll be three o'clock in the morning and all of a sudden you'll hear bang, 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 said one of the neighbours. And he's underneath a tarp with a sledgehammer, hammering in the middle of the night to wake up the entire neighbourhood. They all feel trapped, friends and family won't visit them and worst of all, they can't even sell their homes. You're a prisoner on the street right now. Said one of the neighbours, "That's all we are, prisoners. It may come down to just leaving the house empty and moving at this rate." Uh, Ansel wouldn't speak to press, surprisingly, but two years ago he did actually say to Pittsburgh, uh, a local television station, Pittsburgh WPXI TV, catchy. Uh, I used to have a beautiful Christmas display. They hated it. This is my display now. I don't think it's against the law to exercise your right to have your own display. <laughs> You're just doing it through spite. A beheaded choir. Although, in fairness, I have heard choirs that need beheading. The Fairley Road homeowners say they were at their wits' end. They have repeatedly called police and complained to the Township Board of Commissioners, but so far... They say they have had little done. Ross Township has fined Ansel uh, for code violations. Uh, the, Ross Township said they have uh, taken and will continue to take appropriate legal action. But the thing is, it's not having any effect. The township has taken and will continue to uh, take appropriate legal action is one way of saying we've tried to fine him. He hasn't paid any of them and he's not doing anything about it. Uh, Ansel has not complied with township officials. They cannot enforce order. So it's turning out that some of the neighbours are just moving and renting their houses at a ridiculously cheap rate because <laughs> it must be quite hard to rent your house when they, uh, they come round to look at it. Is that Virgin Mary with a knife through her head next to a, a decapitated choir? Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a bit moody, the neighbour. So um, there you go. Send us a text on 71010 if you can relate to this. Are you living next to a gaudy Christmas display? And if so, have you said something about it? Because the joy of Christmas, no matter what creed or culture, surely the fact that we can all have a few drinks, well, again, goes back to creed or culture, but many of us can have a few drinks and a bit of a giggle uh, and celebrate uh, just having a holiday, never mind the religious significance, Most people don't. Um, So surely that's a good thing. And I like a big inflatable Santa. But, you know, if he's billowing around and annoying you, it might be a different thing. So let me know on 71010. And thank you for all the lovely texts that have come in since my little rant. You're one of the main reasons I listen to 1010. To hear your superior sense of humour. It's absolutely refreshing. Says Anne White from uh, southern England. Uh, Don't mind them, Vinny. I think you're absolutely brash and crass. Keep it up. I think that's a compliment. (laughs) <laughs> Unless you're in the pub belching and someone says it, then it's probably not appropriate. Thank you for the compliments. I don't need them. I'm perfectly stable, but I'm, I won't lie to you. It's always nice to have a, have a little pat on the back at the end of the year. Uh, when we come back, we uh, I give advice. Um, <laughs> I'm so good at it. I just can't stop myself. Uh, there's an online source that I did last week, Dear Prudence. Uh, she gives advice, and I've decided to... Um, cut her out of the equation and just get straight down to business. So we'll be hearing that soon. Also, we're going to hear about Winnie the Pooh banned in Poland. You won't believe why. You really won't. It's one of those stories that's really funny and then makes you unbelievably angry. So we'll get to that. Uh, First of all, we'll take a call from Tom. He's called in on 416-872-1010. Hello, Tom. How are you doing? Yeah, not too shabby. Christmas displays.
4: I used to be the annoying display. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what did you do? The subdivision that I lived in, okay? We uh a uh, uh, I, I closed off the community, everybody. I had many houses, but almost on the side of highway. You could get them home, too. I used to up the I'm and- going to
1: leave him there. Tom, you're always welcome to call, and I very much like hearing from you. But i like to hear from you in total, not broken up. It was like, oh, it's terrible. It's like a bad divorce, breaking up all over the place, never really getting back together. Uh, if you want to call in again, you're welcome to do so. And if anyone wants to call, um, 416-872-1010. I, Tom, I enjoy you dearly, but unfortunately I couldn't hear a word you were saying, which is probably how many of you feel about my accent. Uh, if you want to text the show, you can do so on 71010. I'll be back in two shakes of a lamb's tail.
0: The White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk
1: 1010. <laughs> um, good evening. I just did what I was my pet peeve. I hate that when you're watching like the news and they come back from break and they're laughing. I just did that on the radio. Sorry, I hate doing that, but I just read a very funny text. I will share it with you. Someone pretending to be my mother. Unless my mother's now got a Canadian telephone number. and she's saying she's very proud of me. Thank you. It's like a stand-in, Mum, because my mum never texts the show, so it's nice to have someone pretend to be my mum and uh, text the show. Thanks, Mum, in inverted commas. So um, what was I going to talk about? Oh, yeah, I was gonna, I'm going to talk about Winnie the Pooh, uh, but first I'm going to give some advice. Uh, I got a letter this week saying um, I, I often watch Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence, by the way, is an advice columnist online. I'm not sure how popular she is. Is she popular? Dave Eddy, give me a nod or not. Have you ever heard of her? Look at this guy. He says he comes in early to listen to the show. And then the one bit I actually inter- involve him in the show, he's not listening. You don't have to say anything. Just give me a nod or a shake. Have you ever heard of yes. this? Yes. Yes, I have heard of what it. What were you doing? You say you come in to, listen to the show. I was checking out
0: a, a, a video uh, online. I'm sorry. Oh, really? Uh, so you can't. Co- oh, I come, come in relevant. because I
1: like Vinnie White's show and I like to learn from you. And all you do is watch online videos. Yeah? Probably porn, you filthy animal. Have you ever heard of Dear Prudence? Yes, I have. I have heard of Dear Prudence. You talked about her last week. All right, I've got a letter here. It says, um, can you do some more advice and cut out Dear Prudence altogether? So since you're here, you might as well, because you're an advice columnist, aren't you? All right. All right. What's the, what's the question? Uh, we'll play it to you in a minute. I'll tell you what. I'll I'll give my advice right. in the form of Bricktop from Snatch, and then you can give yours. In the form of Vinnie Jones from Snatch? No, I'm going to do it. Oh, you're going to do it as Vinnie Jones from Snatch? Why not? to okay. I'm going I'm to come in there, Vinnie. All right, come in right. and... We're... His name is spelled properly, uh, unlike yours, unfortunately. All right, yeah. Com- com- comedian comedian, there. Actually, I can say anything because you can't hear me at this point. I hate this guy. I can't stand him. You know what I'm going to do when he walks in? I'm going to punch him in the face. He can't hear that. Can't stand him. Just a complete pain in the arse. Worst man I've ever... Hey, Dave, good to have you here. I missed you a lot. You know what? You're the best guy I've ever met. Uh, right back at you, Slick. <laughs> um... What was I going to do? So we're going to play this. So this columnist, Prudence, apparently is quite popular online. People send her problems, read them out, and then she gives advice. But she's really boring and level-headed. So I've decided I'm going to give advice as Bricktop from Snatch to this problem, and then you can do your Vinnie Jones from Snatch impression. I'll try. We need a volunteer that ain't braving. Is that the warm-up? Yeah. It can only get better.
5: Let's uh. hear the problem. Today's letter is about an unhelpful holiday sister-in-law. Dear Prudence, My brother and his wife Lucy have two children under five. Every holiday season, I prepare myself for kitchen duty at my parents' home because it's always been my job. My mom is traditional and uses all the good china for eight to 20 people. The dishes afterward take hours to do by the time we get to polishing the silver. I don't really mind since my mom works so hard and my adult daughter helps me while my adult son entertains my brother's kids. Here's what does bother me. My sister-in-law has never once offered to help. She sits on the couch with her phone until her family leaves. Once, she posted a photo on social media from the couch with the caption, Christmas boredom, while my son took care of her children and her husband entertained guests. During the holidays, family and friends I rarely see are present. By the time I'm done doing dishes and cleaning up, everyone is preparing to leave, and I've not been able to spend a moment catching up with loved ones. My sister-in-law is extremely sensitive, so I'm not comfortable saying, hey, how about helping out in the kitchen? But I just can't let it slide this year. What should I do? Signed, washing and fed up.
1: Let's ask Bricktop from Snatch. Do some work around the house or next time you use that phone, you'll have to retrieve it from your colon, you lazy fat cow. That was a pretty good Bricktop. It was all right. It's really hard to not swear because he's got a mouth mm, like I a sewer. I thought you were going
0: to. Yeah.
1: You lazy... You <sighs> can't it like, do no, it. Yeah. I mean, because I can't even say... Anything.
0: Yeah. Anything. Um, I'm not going to try to do Vinny Jones. Uh, I'd like to say by way of preface, Vinny, that um, not all advice columnists are humorless, boring and straightforward, but, but almost all of them are. Mm. It's funny. It's amazing to me. And, you know, ever since I started out doing it, I always tried to be funny and um, my editors appreciated that. But then they're also like, well, you know, Dave, could you actually give some real advice? Because I think people apparently there's a real appetite for that. They need that. Mm. And I get a lot of questions like this about you know I do all the work and my family member. I get a lot of things. I get a lot of uh, questions about families. I get a lot of questions about neighbors because they're like families in the sense that you don't pick them yet you're stuck with them. Mm. Um, I haven't really answered the question,
1: have I? Not really. What's the answer? Give your advice. Um, Quinn and Barrett. <laughs> 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 That's so not the advice I would give. Off shake it out you know family stuff you you have to choose your battles i think yeah it, and that's it, a battle worth choosing she's sitting so? there doing nothing texting on her phone when she could be helping to clean up and, and this i tell you what annoys me about people let me tell you what annoys All me right. is during that rant she said i don't know what to say because she's sensitive i don't care that she's sensitive she's lazy and sensitive so i'm going to hurt her feelings so what sometimes you gotta break a few legs to make an omelet and the most annoying thing was
0: instagramming a picture uh saying family christmas boredom yeah like if she's so sensitive you know she can dish it out but she can't take it type thing so okay i changed my mind <laughs> i agree with you yeah. you're <laughs> a very persuasive chap Benny
1: white thank you It's very kind of you i'm looking forward to your show what's coming up on it even though it's not for another hour and a bit
0: uh well we're gonna uh i've got an actual hollywood writer Um, as a guest on the show, and and we're going to talk a little bit about this Sony business, and are we, in fact, living in a golden age of television?
1: And uh, thank you for uh, helping me promo my own show. It's a pleasure. Right, now bugger off. And if you stop me again when I walk in, I'll cut your bloody Jacobs off. Now that is Bricktop. Yeah. If if you've never seen Snatch, by the way, I'm not just suddenly having a meltdown and threatening everyone that I know. It's just good to do a Bricktop every now and then. Oh, Tom's back. Let's take him. Let's see if he's got a clearer line. Because I did like Tom. Tom, I love you dearly, and I'm glad you called back.
4: Jeez, Vinny, I don't know how to take that. Anyway,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Pinch of salt, always best. I'll
4: just, I'll just sit here with my legs crossed. Anyway, um, no, I, I used to string like uh, about 17,000 lights, about 150 wooden characters, etc., etc. I was right on the corner lot, and the subdivision I lived in was kind of a, a capped-off subdivision, one or two ways in about 85 homes, mm. but we'd get we'd get about 5,000 cars during the, uh, from the last week in November through New Year's, uh, over 2,000 pounds of food and stuff for the food and toy drive, plus an on, untold number of toys and that. People would actually get out of their car and walk through my display, and I had everything. I had elf bands, I had alien elves, you know, 30 <laughs> feet up in the air and stuff like that, some music, blah, blah, blah. Uh. But, you know, I'll tell you,
1: as a result of that though, did you? You didn't actually Um. move away. Okay, I'm very (laughs) pleased to hear that, Tom. Thank you. Although, I wish if there is such a thing as God, he would spend uh, less time making it snow on just Tom's house to perform a miracle and cure AIDS in Africa. Um, Just my point. bit dark, but there you go. Um, Speaking of dark and damn right foolish, what about our old buddy Winnie the Pooh? Now, Winnie the Pooh, so-called because he... I think he originated in Winnipeg, didn't he? Yeah. So... Much like me, he's half Canadian, half English. Because A.A. Milne, the author, was English. Um, Have I got that right? Can you look that up? Because I've got a terrible feeling. That's come out loud and I haven't fact-checked it. And now I'm having a terrible disaster thinking that might not be the case. I've got my best man on it. He should be 10 to 15 hours. Uh, But while while Elliot's checking on that, I'm pretty sure A.A. Milne's English. Yes, Vinny, he was born in Hampstead, Middlesex. Ah, thank you so much. Google Live there, brought to you from Elliot, the producer. Um, now, you and I are probably both thinking, Winnie the Pooh, how could that offend anyone? I mean, it's Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh, apart from the word poo, is unbelievably sugary, candy-like sweet. There is, I don't know how you could find a warped angle. Well, just like old Tom and the guy that, down the road that complained about his Christmas lights, there's always one guy. There's always one guy. Oh, and for some stupid reason, the one guy or the one girl has a voice that ruins it for everyone else. And this time, the voice is in Poland. Yes, this week, Winnie the Pooh would probably exclaim, Oh, bother. Lawmakers in the small town of Tustun in Poland have voted a ban on the honey-loving character Winnie the Pooh from representing a playground due to the bear's lack of a clear gender identity and... More so, a propensity for going pantless. Yes, Winnie the Pooh doesn't wear trousers, and that's a bad thing for the kiddie-poos. Officials at a council meeting claim that Winnie the Pooh is of dubious sexuality and is inappropriately dressed to be around children, given that the bear is half-naked, according to the Croatian Times. Uh, the problem uh, that the bear is that it doesn't really have a complete wardrobe, says Richard Siercek, uh 46. Um, I can only assume that there's no problems whatsoever in the whole of Poland if this is actually something that's being discussed in a council meeting. uh, Surely everything is perfect and it is utopia to be worrying about the dress sense of a cartoon character in a playground. Uh, It's half naked, which is wholly inappropriate for children, said Richard, one of the councillors. And it gets worse. Another official said that Pooh Bear doesn't wear underpants because it doesn't have a clear sex. It would appear that he, or it, is a hermaphrodite. Councilperson Hannah Jashinka, who has had her sense of humour and all understanding of any logic sucked out of her ear hole, criticised Winnie the Pooh and criticised the author, A.A. Milne, for having cut Pooh's testicles off with a razor blade because he had a problem with his identity. Sorry, which book did you read when there was any testicles that were then removed from Winnie the Pooh? Uh, it has not yet been decided which character would instead represent the playground in Poland. I would assume it's not going to be uh, Donald Duck. If he didn't have a shirt on, then it would be... Well, I'm going to use the word naked, but is it naked if it's a bear? That's just... A bear. <laughs> I like, it. you know, when you wake up and you look at your cat and he's not wearing shoes and a hat. That's sort of like the animal kingdom. Get over it. And depictions of those animals probably don't need clothes either. Pop a jacket on it. Not that offensive. Why am I having this conversation? Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I don't think I'm here next week. Um, I want to wish you a long, beautiful, prosperous new year. You're a million dollars to me. You really are. And I thank you so much for listening. And I want to thank Elliot for all his hard work this year, compiling the show and making the incredible triumph and success it has been. For podcasts, go to vinniewhite.co.uk. I'll be back in 2015. I love you, you know.